Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dress the History of Fashion is a production of Dressed Media. in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast where we explore the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, April Callahan and Cassidy Zachary. Well, dressed listeners, it's that time of year. Welcome to our third annual holiday gift giving party. Yay! I uh, I just have to say, I think that this is, I look forward to this episode every single time we do it, all year long. And um, as I find gifts for you along the way as the year passes, Cass, they just kind of get tucked away. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited about gift giving today. Yeah, and for our listeners who are new to this episode, we have done two of these already, but basically it's the holiday season. April and I are fashion historians, and so we love looking through fashion history, right, and finding gifts that we could fantasy gift each other, Mm -hmm. although not all of them, especially some of mine today, aren't necessarily from fashion history, but they're related to fashion history. And it's just a really fun fantasy fashion history gift-giving episode. And because this is our fantasy fashion world, we have have April. You and I have both come attired in our dream ensembles from fashion history. So I have to ask, who are you wearing today? And I just want to stress, we are not actually wearing these right now. This is this is our imaginary wardrobe for the purposes of this episode, because I would dare never put this dress on my person because it is probably my favorite dress of fashion history from all time. I think I've mentioned it on the show. So this is a rewear and we do believe in rewearing our our special pieces. So, today I am wearing Lucille Lady Duff Gordon's 1917 dress um, that appears in Les Mode. We also have the original sketch for this dress at FIT, and it is a very, very, very heavy black satin. It's caught on the bias. It has a very deep asymmetrical V neckline, and that V neckline has a wrap front. It has a fitted sleeve on one side 
And the other arm has a cape sleeve. And then there's this incredible train that descends from the back of the sleeve that has the cape. And and it just fans out um, all around the dress. And then the dress is finished. It has a diamante chain draped across the collarbones. And it kind of skims across the shoulders, which holds it up. And for our purposes today, it's not diamante. Mine are actually diamonds for our purposes today. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And then also, I just want to speak very briefly about my jewelry that I have on as well, because this is a little bit of fashion history in and of itself. Um, I have actually selected several pieces from Bulgari's Serpenti Viper line. And on my wrist that has the cape sleeve, I'm wearing Serpenti's bracelet watch, which actually sold at auction a few weeks ago at Sotheby's. And essentially it is, let's see, I can, I can read a description of it here. It is a bracelet watch in gold and platinum, the body formed of graduated tubular linkings decorated with diamond set trefoil motifs, the pave set diamond head of a snake, and faceted ruby eyes are embellished with pear and marquise-shaped diamonds forming a long crest, and the diamond set tail is similarly decorated, signed Bulgari late 1960s. So essentially what this is, it's a snake watch. Um, It coils around my wrist, it's gold, and then the head opens up to reveal the watch inside. And um, it has an elaborate diamond uh, uh, crested tail as well. So it's really, (laughs) really great. And also on my fingers, I am wearing a selection of all the various types of serpenti rings that have been being made by uh, Bulgari since the 1940s. Um, and I did not realize that this line had been made for that long. And Bulgari itself was actually founded in 1884 in Rome by the Greek silversmith Soterio Bulgari. So yeah, basically I'm wearing various incarnations from the serpenti Bulgari line from the last eight decades. <laughs> what about you? Fabulous. <laughs> so I, because this is our fantasy, right? I actually headed back in time to 1928, or should I say 1927, mm. to have a fitting with one of my favorite haute couturiers, Jeanne Lanvin. Uh, so oh, I headed okay. to her atelier, we had a fitting, and I chose a dress from her, I suppose it would be spring-summer 1928 line, La Traviata. It is one of her, in one of her signature silhouettes of the robe de steel, right? So that full-skirted alternative to the shapeless shift dresses of the 1920s that she really, really was known for. And the Met actually has an example of it, and they described it really well, so I'm going to to quote them here when they say the dress is made of petals of taffeta that are applied to a base of silk tulle, giving the skirt a light ethereal appearance, the irregular fluttering hemline, and the finely applied rhinestone embroidery, which takes the form of a simple bow knot at the back, exemplify her, and they're talking about Lanvin's distinctive design sensibility. So it's just a really, really incredibly beautiful dress. Mm. And then for my jewelry, I am wearing these Art Deco style onyx and diamond earrings that are currently for sale at First Dibs for, you know, just a small $18,000. They're from the 1920s, absolutely exquisite. And, you know, a combined weight of 3.4 carats. So wow. <laughs> And then for my shoes, I have them paired with some red Andre Perugia shoes, and he created these for Jack Fath 
from 1955. And they're really fabulous. They actually resemble flames. So they have like a pointed vamp that kind of points up and then the heel points up too. So if you've seen the flame, the Prada flame heels from the 90s, I think they're from the 90s. These are 40 years prior. So just a little pop of color for uh, my party outfit. And dress listeners, we will absolutely post pictures of our ensembles of our holiday party dresses for you to see exactly what we're talking about. Oh, yes, for sure, for sure. And I didn't even think about picking shoes for some reason because you can't see my feet. <laughs> so maybe I will, maybe I will fantasy those into the Instagram post. Oh, and by the way, I didn't mention what that the Sapenti watch went for at auction a few weeks ago. It was something like $350,000. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was quite the special piece. <laughs> yes. Okay. If Cass, if you don't mind, I would like to give my gift first because I'm guessing that mine okay. might be okay. older than yours. I could be wrong. We'll find out because listeners, Cass and I do not talk about this um, ahead of time. I would love to give to you from the Home Journal, December 7th, 1850, a French folding fender. Oh, thank you. you're welcome as she looks at me like i have no idea what that is um well you are not alone in that because when i found this i didn't know what it was either and that's what caught my eye so this has dual purposes it is a gift for both you and it is also a gift for baby leo so according to the home journal a french fender is made of gauze wire With bronze or fancy colored frames, they protect the dress from the heat of the fire and prevent children from approaching it. These are quite an ornament to the parlor and the more expensive kinds being beautifully paired with flowers and landscapes. These cost four to $12 each. So it's very expensive and they are, I guess, a French kind of shorter version of fire springs. Oh, okay. So there you have it. Your first gift. It's for the fireplace. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Your first gift from me is because I know that you love makeup. And Mm -hmm. so I am gifting you what is actually the holy grail of makeup for compact (gasps) collectors. Ooh. So it is 1951, the Bird in Hand Compact by the Illinois Watch Case Company of Algen. So it is the most beautiful and delicate gold bird-shaped compact, and the body of the bird is hinged, so much like your snake watch. It opens to reveal a beautiful little heart-shaped mirror, and then it opens again for the powder compartment. And the most charming element is that the headpiece of the bird slides out to reveal a lipstick holder. Ah, I love it already. (laughs) And is it too early to say this is my favorite gift? (laughs) (laughs) And it's worth thousands of dollars. And the question is why? Why is this so valuable and coveted? And that is because the base of the neck is stamped with a very recognizable name, Dolly. Whoa. So, this is signed by yeah. Salvador Dolly. That makes perfect sense now. Yeah. So there's an ad if you kind of start digging into this from 1951 uh, for this compact. So there are several that survive. And the ad is very, it's not a Dolly painting, but it's a very recognizable Dali style. So his surrealist painting style, the compact is flying in the sky over a woman in point shoes. And she's standing in like this vast landscape. 
and the different elements of the compact are strewn around her to display its multifaceted design. And you actually get a glimpse of Dolly's face uh, framed at left. And the ad reads, the Dolly bird and hand compact, exultant expression of an artist's dream. Lofty spirit of fashion released from all earthbound tradition, available to the favored few, designed for the hands of those who love loveliness, those who are ever first to forsake the commonplace. From such threads of imagination brought into a mortal being expressly for those whom fashion follows. And so, of course, we know that Dali worked with Elsa Scaparelli to design makeup, compacts, etc. But I had never seen anything like this. So it's really wonderful and now it and whimsical. And now it is all yours. Oh, well, thank you very much. I will be putting it right on my dressing table, of course. <laughs> Okay, this is already so fun. As our regular listeners will know, we have a pretty big platform um, encouraging sustainability and ethical fashion on the show. And I would like to speak a little bit about sustainability in the 19-teens. And your second gift, Cass, is actually sustainable. So... In December 1918, in that issue of Harper's Bazaar, at the very beginning, the editors posted this fascinating little article that says, Have you ever seen those fascinating little knitting bags made out of wrapping paper, string, and Harper's Bazaar covers? Many women are making them in quantities and selling them for the benefit of the Red Cross at 50 cents and a dollar apiece. These bags, you will see them swinging from the smartest women's arms all along Fifth Avenue, are very easy to make. You simply make an oblong bag with its stout brown paper, glue on the handles of string or ribbon, and stick a Harper's Bazaar cover on one side. We have an extra supply of covers printed, and while they last, we'll be glad to send you some. We cannot promise to let you have any definite number of them, but write to us, tell us how many you would like to have, and we will do the very best we can. Address the editor. So <laughs> That sounds so cool. <laughs> I know. I'm like, can we make these now, 100 years <laughs> later? And also, too, they they uh, go on a little bit further with this, and, and we don't have to get into all the details about this, but they are talking, they go on to talk a little bit about sustainability paper and how a lot of the ingredients that are used in the process of making paper are needed in the war effort or were needed in the war effort, which America in 1918 is still kind of recovering from. They detail that the war and also sustainability, make, do, and mend, all in the context of this one gift. So... It is yours now, and you can choose which cover, um, which fantasy cover that you would like to have, of course. Oh, well, thank you very much. I will look into it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So while we're talking about sustainable fashion and environmentally friendly fashion, I am going to gift you the Pressed Flower Natural Dye Kit from Dogwood Dyer. And this is contemporary. Um, This is just such such a cool kit. It's called Eco Printing with Pressed Flowers Natural Dye Kit. It's an incredible little kit. It comes with a cotton bandana and then 16 real pressed flowers organically grown in Liz Spencer, who is the Dogwood Dyer's garden. And with 16 flowers, you can make double the prints because each flower will print on both the back and front side. And she says it includes multicolored cosmos, purple pin cushions, dyer's chamomile, and the sweetest little starfire marigolds. And I'm curious, have you seen anyone doing pressed flower dyeing, April? It's so beautiful. 
I have done it myself. Oh. Um, actually, I think it was around this time last year or so, sometime past dress guest Mimi Prober did a little one-on-one workshop with another past dress guest, Bliss Lau and I. The three of us are friends at Bliss's jewelry studio. And we like cleared out everything and we sat down on the floor and uh, we got a whole bunch of flowers and we did a flower dyeing one day on cotton pillowcases and things that we already had at home. So it was super, super fun. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And it's exactly what it sounds like, dress listeners. You get the flowers and they're, they've been flattened and you press them into the fabric and the fabric, the cotton fabric takes the di- the color of the flower. It's so, so beautiful. She produces the most vibrant colors. And I've been following her work for a while now. I guess she's a teacher at Parsons and FIT April in New York. So um, definitely we'll put a link so dress listeners, you can check this out for yourself because I just thought it was the most beautiful, beautiful little kit. And what a fun thing to do with your friends or your kids. Just so, so cool. So enjoy. Well, thank you very much. Now that you've already done it. No, I'm always game again. And one of the interesting things that we did it with Mimi is um, she she showed us how sometimes the, the color that the plants or the flower gives off to the textile is actually not the color of the item itself. Sometimes it's a little bit of a reverse chemistry situation happening there. So, okay. Well, speaking of chemistry, your next gift is detailed in the December 18th, 1921 issue of the New York Times. And I'm going to gift you some airplane dope. Well, thank you. (laughs) What is airplane dope? (laughs) Reading this little blurb, it starts fingernail fattest. Airplane dope for fingernails is the latest fad in England. (laughs) This being a special liquid employed for waterproofing the brass work and wings of airplanes. Garage proprietors are constantly receiving messages asking for samples of this liquid as society women have ascertained that it imparts a super fine polish to the fingernails. They declare that it shines like the sun on marble and lasts for weeks. It, however, has the disadvantage of emitting an odor, some like that given off by damp rubber, and therefore the user must soak her fingers in perfume. So I'm just saying maybe this would be the perfect accompaniment to last year's gift of the dry cleaning (laughs) fluid or a dry cleaning product that you had to mix with gas to clean your gloves. So if your gloves already smell like gas and your fingers already smell like damp rubber, (laughs) you know, just soak it in perfume. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Yes. For those of our listeners who do not remember last year's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I do have a few gag gifts today if we want to get into those. (laughs) Oh, we can do it. Let's do it. So my first gag gift is brought to us from Life Magazine, 1948. I think it was December 1948. And it's so fascinating to look through old magazines because Santa Claus is selling everything from cigarettes. There are so many cigarette Santa ads to Campbell's Soup to the one gift that I am going to give you today. And I had to stop at this ad. Um, it's kind of presented as a comic. And it starts with Santa Claus is a lady. So I was like, ooh, what is this? April, it is the holiday season. We're going to be eating a lot. And I am mm-hmm. offering you the gift of smooth digestion. Oh, fantastic. How am I going <laughs> to achieve this uh, feat? <laughs> 
So let me read this ad and perhaps we will post it as well. <laughs> so there is, it starts, Santa Claus is a lady. It's presented as a comic. So a woman's decorating her tree and her husband's up front. Very sad. She's at Sue. She says, it happened Christmas Eve. Al, he's my husband, was getting mean as a wounded tiger. He hardly spoke. And when he did, he practically bit my head off. Things looked dismal for Christmas. Then the telephone rang. She's on the phone. I don't know what to do about him. And it's another woman on the other line. Well, I think I do. It was Al's mother. She said it sounded to her like Al needed a laxative and sleep. Art is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Keep going. She explained that constipation is, is often accompanied by sleep robbing acid indigestion and recommended he take Philip's milk of magnesia. And then she said, L took Phillips before he went to bed. He slept wonderfully, awakened that morning to gentle constipation relief, and we've had the grandest, merriest Christmas of our lives. Yes, Santa Claus is a lady, my mother-in-law. <laughs> and then it goes on to say, so gentle for children, so thorough for grown-ups. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, there's a lot to say about this ad. The fact that like some guy's being kind of an a-hole to his wife and apparently yep. it's and his her problem to fix, right? <laughs> his mother's problem to fix. And it's just because he needs a nap. Nap and some of this Phillips milk of magnesia. So, hey, there you go. And now you too have it, April, for your bedside stand should you need it this yeah. holiday season. <laughs> great, great. Well, thank you so much. If I get cranky and I'm tired, now I know what to do. Dress listeners, we often refer to ourselves on the show as dress detectives, but what if we told you that you could travel back in time and solve your own fashionable mysteries? Because you can, by joining us in playing June's Journey. And April, I can't tell you how much fun I've had playing June's Journey. It's this <laughs> hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour and intrigue of the 1920s with this diverse cast of characters. And basically, each new scene takes you further into the story of a thrilling murder mystery that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. You will sleuth with June in the antique parlors of New York, the chic sidewalks of Paris, and you can even build your own luxury island estate where you get to decorate and plant decadent gardens. And there's also a chat and challenge feature where you can play alongside friends. So join us, dress listeners, in putting on your detective hats and escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Cass, as you know, we are going to be expanding our fashion history travel offerings this year. Mm -hmm. So you better bet that I'm going to be brushing up on my language skills with Rosetta Stone. With more than 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and so many more, that world out there is practically at the tip of your tongue. And that's right, dress listeners. For more than 30 years, Rosetta Stone has been the expert in language learning. There are no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which is incredible. You learn by immersion, and their programs are available to use on your desktop or as an app. And let's not forget that there is an amazing built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, so you learn the proper accent from the very start. 
For a limited time, dress listeners, you can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, let's see here. Well, Cass, your next gift comes from France. And it was, again, detailed in the New York Times. New York Times is kind of hitting it out of the park here lately. On November 30th, 1930, the New York Times suggests lipstick handkerchiefs, saying, Smart women in Paris are carrying large red chiffon handkerchiefs, expertly matched to their lipstick, which may thus be used to repair makeup ravages without showing. They are extremely pretty, too, with brown, black, gray, and beige or white ensembles, and they offer an unusual Christmas suggestion for a small present. Your friend's favorite French lipstick with a monogrammed chiffon handkerchief to match. Perfume may also acceptably be added, provided that you are familiar with your friend's taste in that direction. So, please submit your favorite French lipstick and your favorite French French perfume so I can package them in a lovely little gift box for you with your um, lipstick handkerchief. Well, thank you so much. I love it. Yes. Well, I know you don't wear lipstick terribly often, but but when you have a special occasion, you're going to be all set. Yes, yes. And I do try to wear it. Um, It's just a matter of practicality these days. (laughs) (laughs) Toddler plus lipstick smears. Yes, exactly. So your next gift is a Gypsy's You Do It shoe kit, which is a vintage shoemaking kit, which is so, so cool. And I get to make my own shoes? Yes, you're going to make your own shoes. And it's from Tandy Leather, which is really cool because Tandy's is still very much around to this day. I still shop at Tandy's, or at least I did when I worked in the film industry. But yeah, so this is called a Suburban Gypsy Shoe Kit, um, and they send you some leather, and it's pre-punched and ready to sew and they're really really cool because these these particular ones are kind of like leather slippers Mm -hmm. that are tooled leather and so you just go in and it comes with the base and the uh, supplies and original pattern and paperwork and you can sew your own your own pair of shoes Wow, that's pretty cool. How is it like a big needle? Is it just to use a sewing needle? Do they? That has to be like very serious. I just I've seen people tool leather before, and it's very labor intensive. Yeah, my guess is I don't know exactly what the material would be. My guess would be it would be horsehair, like horsehair they mm-hmm. use is like a really, really stronger, much stronger fiber um, to sew would be my guess. And then just like a thicker needle. And but it's the honestly, the hardest part with working with leather is punching it. So if it's already pre punched, mm-hmm. then it's done. basically like you're just sewing. And so I couldn't find out exactly I kept looking for an advertisement. I couldn't find out exactly when these are from but I'm gonna guess either the 70s or 80s. Yes. Yeah, I just thought this was such a fun, cool gift. And you can actually still buy them. There's plenty of them out there on eBay, etc. If you want to make your own shoes. D-Y-O-S. Love it. Yes. 
Exactly. Okay. Well, my last gift that I have for you, and I do have some gift misses and an honorable mention to mention here at the end. So I'm not quite done yet. But my next gift to you is because when we were in Paris this past summer, we of course went to the fabulous hair and body hair exhibition at the Musée des Arts Décoratifs. And one of your very favorite objects in the exhibition was a merkin stand (laughs) so for any of our listeners who might and i'm not gifting you a merkin don't worry (laughs) if anyone's brain was going there we're not doing that but if anyone doesn't know what a merkin is merkins were pubic hair wigs that were worn in the past sometimes people removed their pubic hair in the past for reasons of lice or other insect infestation, also STIs or STDs. And instead, you would wear a fake pubic hair wig. So when we were at the Hair and Body Hair exhibition, um, one of Cass's favorite objects was this little stand that was owned by some royal personage. I can't even remember who it was now. But um, it had an accompanying chat label that came with it that explained that this royal personage kept his mistresses pubic hair wig oh it's one of the kings it's like french one of the french kings (laughs) yeah 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 and this this merkin was made of his mistress's pubic hair yes itself so um the merkin itself was not in the exhibition but the but the merkin stand was so in spirit of said merkin stand i would like to give you a wig rest but this is no ordinary wig rest or wig stand it comes from house beautiful again october 10th 1966 and it says traveling light is the best way if you're a high-flying career girl a jet set fashion plate. This inflatable wig holder solves the problem of properly caring for your quote unquote portable personality without taking a bulky wig box with you. Let the air out. It's purse size, 12 inches by eight inches inflated, $3.98 plus 20 cents post. You can write off to Ron Lassen in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. Wow. So you have an inflatable wig stand and it is, it's kind of shaped like a light bulb. (laughs) It's white and it has like this little face like painted or printed, printed onto it. And she has quite a lot of rouge (laughs) on, I must say. So travel on the go, no matter, no matter where in the world, we're going to end up on our fashion history trips. Cass, your wig stand needs are now met. Well, thank you very much, April. And that kind of transitions into my two-part last gift for you, which has to do, I suppose, with hair, part of its hair Mm -hmm. and makeup and beauty. So as our listeners will remember, you partied like it was 1779 at Versailles this past summer. Mm -hmm. So I thought I would get you some special accoutrements, starting with an eight. Oh, is this for my poop? Uh, Yes, absolutely. So starting with an 18th century Marie Antoinette beauty box. And this is a contemporary product, but it is based on historically accurate recipes using historically accurate methods and products. So in this box, you have white powder, which can be used for the hair or body. This lovely scented powder is made from an original 18th century recipe. And then there is a white pot of paint that is safe and beneficial for all skin types. It's called an excellent 18th century and excellent paint for the face. And then you have burnt clothes to darken the eyebrows. And then you have a liquid rouge. You can use your finger or sponge to dab a little on your cheeks and or lips. 
Then there's an 18th century hard pomatum. I think I'm saying that correct. Pomatum. And the, the, yeah, the description says, have you ever wondered how women were able to get their hair to do such amazing styles throughout history? Here is one of the best kept secrets, pomatum. And the pomatum is scented with clove. If you would like to choose a different scent, you can. But yeah, and they say it's a very natural hair product that is used to give the hair nutrients. And this is just such a cool Etsy store. It's run by Alicia Schultz. It's called Little Bits. And it's not just she has like 1920s beauty boxes, Regency beauty boxes. They have online videos to help you achieve your look. And she writes that all of our recipes are extracted from forgotten text, old pharmaceutical ledgers, manuscripts, and museum archives. We carry everything from historical hair care to ancient solves and vintage beauty products. Plus, our ingredients are 100% top quality, natural, and almost always organic. So this is just such a cool shop and such a cool box to get you started for your next 18th century Versailles adventures coming up in the future. (laughs) Yes. No, for real. I seriously want this. I was like, can I actually buy this? You can actually buy this. At the Etsy shop, it's called Little Bits. Little Bits. And we'll put a link in our show notes um, for anybody else who's interested. And uh, this is a two-part gift because this sent me on a rabbit hole looking for these shops that are created by historical costumers. Um, She, I believe, is a historical costumer and reenactor or creator. And I also came across this incredible shop where I got you some 18th century beauty spots. Moosh, le moosh. (laughs) And this is from the Etsy shop of Trish Dakunha, who is a fourth generation bespoke tailor. She writes that she's a descendant of Arthur George Trimble, a master tailor born in the late 19th century in England. And her shop carries on his quality, skill, and attention to detail, offering, offering both modern and historical bespoke clothing, millinery, book binding, and historical items of all varieties, and includes these 18th century beauty spots. So she talks about how tells us a little bit about beauty spots. They're also known as pox marks and beauty marks and quote were originally used by the wealthy and nobility as a means to conceal smallpox marks or scarring from syphilis. Over time, specifically as it pertains to the 17th and 18th centuries, these items became a prized beauty accessory and were put into use by both men and women as decorative items, regardless of whether a man or woman had blemishes that required concealment. So obviously, April, you do not require concealment. But I thought this was a super fun accessory. And they're made of leather, which is interesting. And so there's comes in in a sets of 10. There's five circles, three hearts, and two stars. Yes. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm very excited. And you know how um, when we go to Paris and we talk about the language of the fans when we when we yes. do our Rue de la Paix tour? So much like the language of fans, how you held your fan, where you placed it, whether it was open and closed, your actions with it could convey messages. Apparently, where you wore your spots had hidden meanings as well, or maybe not so hidden, but there was a there was a method behind the madness in terms of where Meaning people were embedded. wearing their Yes. Meeting embedded. Yes, yes, yes. That concludes my gifts. There was certainly a lot of other ones that I guess I could have included. um, But these were kind of my top picks. I think you're a little more inventive than me, or you're really good, I should say, at finding these like very fascinating products from fashion history that we don't necessarily have around anymore today. (laughs) 
let's just say I do go for um, a little bit of the absurd when I go on my <laughs> And I actually learned because I, I delved into some sources that were outside of fashion magazines this time. I learned so much actually doing this as well. I want to mention a couple honorable mentions and then one definite uh, gift miss of something that I will not be gifting you. <laughs> the honorable mention... It isn't necessarily for you, but I found several references in the 1890s about this practice of ladies gifting their house servants paper patterns, which I thought was really, really fascinating. I think it was like the New York Times that was saying that this had become so common by 1899 that mercers or fabric purveyors Mm -hmm. were actually cutting lengths of cloth as like special Christmas packages to accompany the paper patterns that were commonly given to servants so they can make their ensembles from their patterns. Very cool. I thought that was very charming. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this gift miss, I have to say, um, one of the other things that I stumbled across because I was looking up gift guides, I was looking up Christmas shopping, holiday shopping, you know, I was looking up all these different permutations of search terms. You would not believe how much crime and just general death and mayhem comes up in the context of Christmas shopping. Oh, I know. <laughs> so many people got like hit by carriages while Christmas shopping or trams or just all of these very, very, very sad stories that happened in the occasion of Christmas shopping. But here's one gift that I will not be giving you that was covered in the New York Times, 1920, December 28th, uh, special to the New York Times Ossing, New York, December 27th, Vincent Valascati, who was sent to Sing Sing a year ago from New York City to serve a 15-year sentence for manslaughter, received a human ear and a Christmas package left at the prison for him by a woman. Prison officials refused to say whether or not they had gotten track of the sender and whether they had learned of the motive which inspired the making of such a gift. One theory is that friends of Valanati, I guess it's Valanati, not Valicanti, had murdered an enemy of his and sent the ear as a token of revenge accomplished. Another theory is that it was intended as some kind of a threat. Valanati had inquired anxiously for a Christmas box and was much concerned when it did not arrive on time, as if he had been expecting something important. The discovery was made when the package was opened by the prison censor. <laughs> Oh, no. Thank you for not sending me a human ear for Christmas. That was the weirdest of all the, like, Christmas gift crime um, that that I stumbled across while, while researching this episode. That one was a little gnarly. That's interesting that you bring that up because I had a gift that I had saved for a really long time that I was like, how am I going to work this gift in? How would I give this to her? Like, it just seems so obscure. But now it's like a perfect gift because I was going to give you some self-defense gloves for ladies that are in a museum in London from 1850. And they're basically gloves and they're equipped with little knives at the end of each finger. Oh, wow. Well, that probably yeah. would have fended off the, the ear thief. So thank yes. you very much. <laughs> So <laughs> we've we, we've got diamonds, we've got human <laughs> ears, we've got lipstick, we've got it all, friends. So we don't want to end on that macabre of a note, dress listeners, but we are going to end this episode with a little bit of news, and that is that 
This is our last episode of season six. We are heading on into our annual dressed hiatus. But do not despair because um, while we are on hiatus, there will be plenty of dressed coming your way. We're going to be re-airing some of our favorite episodes, which we have called up from our extensive back catalog of more than 450 past shows. Wow. You know, I mean, cast from day one, we have been time travelers on Dressed. So it's kind of special for us as we approach our seventh season and our 500th episode will be coming up this spring. It's special for us that we can now do flashbacks to the past within the podcast's own history, sharing some of those with you. And of course, we will be back with all brand new episodes for season seven in late January. We have so much more dressed coming your way in 2024. And of course, that's new expanded offerings from within the dressed universe. We recently announced the launch of the dressed the school of fashion, which is so exciting for us. That is our platform for online classes, which will make its debut in January with my very first course, what women wore to the revolution, 100 plus years of transformative fashion. And that is part one of that class. And then April has some exciting news coming in January as well. Yes, yes, yes. And and, and these are not quite available for registration yet, but I'm hoping to get them up in the next couple of weeks. I will be doing a bi-weekly fashion history Friday nights at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So if you would like to join me for like an hour and a half tour of fashion history as found in the museum's permanent collection, you'll be able to head over to dressedhistory.com. Very soon, by the end of the year, these will go live, dressedhistory.com. You can click on the trips and tours section, and you'll be able to register for those online as well. You can also find lots of details about Cass's upcoming class at dressedhistory.com. Which is available for registration. So head on over and join me now. And dress listeners, even though we are heading into hiatus, we are still going to be working away on content for our next season and upcoming classes. And of course, we always love hearing from you because we're still here. So reach out to us via email at hello at dresshistory.com. That is, of course, our website where you can sign up for our newsletter. And of course, as April mentioned, our upcoming classes and tours. Please always, you can DM us on Instagram at dress underscore podcast, which is where you will find visuals accompany each week's episode and we will post some visuals to accompany this episode so if you'd like to look for it check out the hashtag dressed and the numbers 339 that's dressed 339 are those holiday gift cards burning a hole on your buckets well you might consider heading over to the dressed bookshelf where we have more than 120 of our favorite fashion history titles and also books featured on the show arranged there just for you you can go to bookshop.org slash shop slash dressed. And each of your purchases from our dress bookshelf will go through an independent bookseller. You can also find a link to our dress bookshelf in our show notes. Did you know that you can listen to dress ad free for just $3 a month? Use the link in our show notes or the button in our Instagram link tree to subscribe to the exclusive content of Dress, which is the ad-free version of the show. Each episode will show up in your feed just like normal. It just will not have the ads. Thank you as always for your continued support. And when you consider what gifts from fashion history you want to give your loved ones next time you get dressed. Dress the History of Fashion is a production of Dressed Media. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.